Good evening. Thank you for being here with us today. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. We want to uh, get started tonight. Uh, uh, if you would, bow with me uh, for a word of prayer. Father, we love you. Thank you, Father, for Jesus Christ, for his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his second coming that we look so forward to. We celebrate that gospel story tonight. And with one voice, we shout hallelujah for what uh, you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hallelujah. And the church said, Hallelujah. There you go. Some of them went Amen. I don't know. We got all mixed up. <laughs> we do serve an awesome God, right? Amen. God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. There's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. His return is very soon and so you better be believing. Our God is an awesome God. Yes, we know that he's awesome. Our God is awesome. And he reigns, he reigns with power and wisdom. With Our God is an awesome God. He spoke into the darkness and created the light. Our God is an awesome God. His judgment and wrath he poured out on Sodom. His mercy and grace he gave us at the cross. I hope that we have not too quickly forgotten. Our God is an awesome God. Yes, we know that he's awesome. Our God is awesome. And he reigns with power and wisdom. Let all creation 
Good evening, church. You know, I put on Trent's microphone and I immediately felt smarter <laughs> and less funny. <laughs> Who knew? Um, and, and I only hope he's watching the last. I trend. hope you're watching, Trent. Trent Wherever you are out there in non funny joke land. Um, <laughs> I love Trent. Aren't you glad Trent is here that God brought him our way? What a blessing he is for our church family. So uh, I think it was Carol Ogle that first had the idea of doing a, a Christmas Eve service, and uh, I tried to ignore her for the first year. But if you know Carol, you know you can't ignore her. Uh, for, <laughs> she's very persistent. And uh, so she wanted us to do a Christmas Eve service, and Mike was actually uh, good with the idea, but I was the holdout for a long time. Uh, because, you know, I was so used to that just being a family night, uh, and I wasn't realizing that it's great to be with forever family. Uh, on Christmas Eve. Can you think of a better place to be than here tonight, singing praises to God on the very eve uh, that we celebrate his coming to the earth? So thank you guys so much. What a blessing. We started out with just maybe 100 in the Fellowship Center a few years ago, uh, and now we've almost filled up this big room. And so that shows that there's a great desire, Mike, uh, to be able to give God his praise and glory uh, and remember truly what Christmas is all about. I can't think of a better way to celebrate it than to get together and to worship and to remember some very, very basic things just about, uh, about Jesus and who he was. When I, when I think about the birth of uh, Christ and notice things that happened at his birth, then I was looking at uh, and thinking about my own new birth as a Christian when I became a Christian. And the things that should happen out of that really are a lot similar to his birth. One of the very first things that happens is is glory is brought to God. I mean, there's angels singing, there's things happening, you know, but people are coming and they're giving glory to God. And I thought, of all things, we people who say we depend on grace ought to never think that somehow or another we did something to get right with God. It's all about what God did for us. And for that, we do give and bring glory to God. But not only when we're, not only at that moment when we become his child, but obviously throughout our whole life, that should be something that we seek to do. That's the beauty of seeing new birth, uh, especially new spiritual birth. I don't know about you, but uh, every time I'm able to witness that and seeing a new uh, babe in Christ, a person embrace his grace and his forgiveness, uh, to come up dripping wet, realizing that uh, all their sins have been forgiven and now the Holy Spirit is living there. I mean, that is something that energizes me over and over again. But I have to be reminded of that. And I have to be reminded that I'm put here to give God glory. And I want to cause angels to sing. You know, the Bible says that every time there's a new birth into the kingdom of God, that there's rejoicing in heaven. And we read Revelation and we see, I mean, thousands upon thousands upon ten thousands of angels joined in chorus for the new birth. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus was born. Angels sang. Shepherds were trying to figure it all out. What does this mean? What's coming? And there's great singing. And I, I want angels to be singing, not just for my new birth, but because of my new life and what I do. And I have to be reminded of that, don't you? That's why I need to be together with the saints. That's why tonight, nights like tonight are so special. They remind us about what the new birth is all about. And, you know, uh, I, I noticed Jen and her family from Canada are here. Met them last year at Christmas Eve service. And there was singing going on and here. And then they went Christmas caroling with us around town. And then after that, and talking about some Bible passages and looking at the gospel, then we came up here late Christmas Eve. What a special moment to uh, baptize that couple into Christ. And now they're back home. I call it home. You're home here, right? And to be with us again on the next Christmas Eve. There was angels singing. That's right. uh, because when one person comes to God, look, think about that. You change the emotion of heaven when your heart turns toward God. You cause singing and worship to take place when repentance takes place and someone steps closer to God. What a great, great thought. And then, of course, there's peace. And we find out that not only is that a peace for us, but it brings peace to families and relationships and to other people. Whenever Christ came, peace was brought to men. The opportunity to reconcile with God that your sin would be forgiven, that you would have that peaceful relationship with him. And the natural flow of that is for us to have that peace with one another. 
This morning, Mike and I went over and uh, I spoke to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes gathering for the Independence Bowl, the Duck Commander Independence Bowl now this year. <laughs> and they, these uh, kids were there from Miami and from South Carolina, and I found out some interesting information that the guy from FCA told me that 96% of the time, the team who has the biggest gathering at the FCA breakfast wins the Independence Bowl. So you see, God really is smiling <laughs> on those that come to him, right? And so we were there, but it was interesting. I was seeing these big, huge guys, you know, on these two long tables, and I thought about it. In three days, they're going to be lined up and trying to kill each other. But in that moment of this morning when I was speaking and when others were sharing testimony, it was amazing because we were brought together and unified by the peace of Christ. And so here are these college kids that are brought together because of Christ in a setting, a situation that's far more important than any single football game. That's what peace does. It takes us bigger than our individual moments. It helps us look past our family difficulties and it reminds us that's the most important thing. As we continue to sing and give praise to God, remember that we bring glory to God, we cause angels to sing, and we bring peace to men with our new birth and his birth for us.
change us and he has for those of us who have embraced him and so as just like those shepherds we're now on a mission and I love it because you know they were told to go and to find him and they did and that's what we're told to do and so now of course is kind of tonight that part of the challenge we, we recognize we embrace his coming we give him all the glory for coming here to save us of our sins to remember what this season is all about at least once a year for many other people to recognize his coming. And now we have to be challenged. So how should I then live? What's my Christmas challenge? We're about to go into a new year. We know we like to sort of plan things and say where we're going. What are some things we should do? The first thing is we shouldn't let circumstances discourage our joy. This is a joyful time to think about what God has done for us. So therefore, how then are we going to impact other people? I thought it was really sneaky of Mike to, in the Christmas season, to preach this last Sunday, Philippians 4, 4 through 7, do not be anxious about anything. What a challenge. At a time when people are so full of anxiety, are they not? Who's coming? What do I got to cook? I got to get the last present? And all these things that are built in, usually around things that aren't the most important thing. It's about family coming together. You know, our last uh, episode of the show was uh, Home for the Holidays, uh, which wound up being a home for our own Theresa Lewis. And if you saw that episode or seen things about it since, uh, you know that a lot of people received that uh, really well, which is a good thing. But I think of the blessing of being able to be able to have other people have joy in their lives. And it was interesting. We were filming that. We were all excited about the rest of coming and seeing it because she didn't know. They hid the GoPro cameras inside of Paul's vehicle so she would be surprised and you would be able to see it like we did on camera. And so we were so excited. When she saw that bathtub, she jumped right in it, just like you saw. That wasn't a, a setup. She was so excited. But you know what we enjoyed the most that night? And in all the times I've been working with the show, I've never not been aware of cameras until this time. When we were there with the Lewises, with Rovance, of course, who's now up in Nebraska, 
uh, with uh, Monica who came up from Lake Charles, Bryant was there, of course Paul was there and their families. And for us to sit down around a table, the first time the Lewises and the Robertsons had all been together in years, we forgot there was a TV show going on. We forgot there were cameras. And we were just enjoying the fact that two families that love each other were having a moment of joy. That's what Christ does. I told those kids this morning that, you know, our whole country becomes embroiled in racial tension and all these things going back and forth. And somebody says, what are the answers? We know the answers, do we not? The peace of Jesus Christ is what crosses racial barriers and every other barrier. It pulls us together for what's important. We have joy because of what Christ has done in us. I saw a whole bunch of those joyful people uh, at Walmart because they were honking horns and shouting. And <laughs> I thought, you know, they're just fired up by Christmas. That's a good thing, you know. And, uh, Did they keep telling you you were number one? That's what they yeah, were telling me. <laughs> I, I've had that happen I don't know what that times. meant, yeah. And uh, uh, you had to, you know, you had to even wait in line to be greeted and yeah. you know, all these kinds of things. People were so patient, you know. Uh, I thought, you know, maybe Christmas ought to be a great time for repentance for some, some folks. I'm not sure. But, you know, not only can things like that discourage your joy, but just our culture around us. Look, I never expected the world to act anything except like the world. So uh, someone says, Mike, are, are you discouraged about how things are going in the world? Uh, no, not really. I'm really not. I mean, the, uh, the world has been practicing worldliness uh, from the beginning, right? And God has always interjected his people in there with a message to make a difference in people's lives. Uh, but uh, 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 So that means that we cannot let the world define what holiness is to us as God's people. We can't let culture mold holiness. And we transformed, we came out of the world to be something totally different. So we ought to be different from the world. It shouldn't shock us that our lives are in contrast to the world. Uh, it, in, instead, he says, you're salt and light in a world that really needs a lot of salt and light. And God chose you to be that. And so you're, you're valuable. Look at the price paid for you, the Son of God. And then he desires to use you, God does, to impact the world. So you're a special folk. You really are. Salt and light people understanding what holiness is all about. I love that verse that says God chose us in him before the creation of the world. Isn't that special? To be holy and blameless in his sight. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he wants you to live for him. That's how much we should be challenged. And of course the third thing is don't let critics disrupt your message. There's always a critic, right? There's always somebody that'll remind you uh, that you didn't do something right. Uh, I can't tell you how many times in the past you preach a sermon, you lay it out there, and man, everybody's like, man, that was really great. And one guy says, you know, the second slide wasn't right. <laughs> what? Because, you know, they locked in on one thing. There's always a critique. Sometimes it's a good critique. Sometimes it's a bad critique. But it should never disrupt your message. One of the great things I learned about working here for you the whole time I was here is that I didn't want to let praise or criticism stick to me. Because no matter how great you thought I was on a Sunday, I had the next Sunday to do it again, or Wednesday night. And so, you know, I'm probably going to fail you, and I did. No matter how much I stunk it up one Wednesday night, it's okay, because I had Sunday to come back and try to do it again. Wednesdays and Sundays continue on. Don't let praise or criticism stick. You're here for a purpose. You're here for a mission. God has called you out to do something great. So don't let others take that from you. I love this verse in Philippians 4. In fact, this is when I sign things. This is what I sign, Philippians 4 8. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. You can't deviate from what God has called us to do. And it doesn't matter that some people are not going to like it, because trust me, someone who finds the salvation that you and I know in Christ will be eternally grateful that you made a decision to tell them. Every day we have an opportunity to witness that and to see that, and I want to encourage you to never stop doing it.
you know, as critics uh, uh, bring uh, accusations or point out shortcomings, I'm, I'm always trying to keep reminding myself. It's, it's not about, I don't give the message power anyway. You know, I'm just a weak, flawed, messed up human being. Thank you for many amens that are coming. Gordon, thank you. Uh, but the power to change a man's heart lies within the story of Jesus and what he's done for us. So even with our messes, God turns them into a message because they give a testimony, not of us, but a testimony of Jesus and how he changes people's lives. And you are that testimony. You are the witnesses that are saying, God changed my life. He gets the glory, not us, right? Remember? And when our new birth takes place, angels sing. And we find peace and a message to share with other people. And then we, you know, we just try to live holy and amongst all the critics that come. But it doesn't matter. Our message is not going to change. We have it carved on our, on, our, uh, our, on our pulpit, the gospel drawing. But more importantly, it's carved on your heart and in your mind. And that story of Jesus, that story of the gospel, is our message. And is a message that is powerful to change the hearts of people. I want to encourage you guys tonight, tomorrow, to enjoy your family and all the blessings of what Christmas can bring. But beyond that, to remember, God has called us to something unique and special, to impact this world for him. Are you glad that Christ came to this earth for you? Are you glad tonight that he did that for you? Then be blessed and bless other people. Oh, cleanser of this mess I've made, upon that hill our places Stretched on across your body crushed by human hands you formed from dust. How